people recognize the power of an environment and um, we care about you. We, we care that, um, that you're successful. We care that you're growing. We care that you're connected. We care that you're trying to create impact in, in your, your fellow team members, but also in our guest experience. And- Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. Do you wish your employees were more engaged? Do you want your people to look forward to going to work? Join us as we discover ways to define, measure, and grow your culture. We'll also discover pitfalls to help you avoid common mistakes. We want to help you intentionally build a culture that fits you. Hello, leaders. Welcome to the Leaders Q podcast. Today, I have Tate Smith from Denver, Colorado with us. He's at Chick-fil-A Gardens on, on Havana and Chick-fil-A recently awarded Chick-fil-A Hamden. So we're excited about, Tate, we're excited about having you on the call today and just learn a little bit more about your story. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. So just kind of starting out and getting to know you a little bit, Tate, what's uh, what's a favorite podcast of yours? That we're This is a podcast. Maybe I'm not your favorite yet, I don't think, but what would be a, a favorite that you look to? Yeah, I'd say one that I listen to often is uh, Craig Rochelle's podcast. He comes out once a month with great content. And so my leaders and I uh, listen to that regularly. So always enjoy really anything Craig Rochelle, but uh, his his is one that I listen to often. Okay, good to know. I, I hadn't thought about that idea of just having a team. Your your whole team is kind of using that as a something to follow and gives you a, a content conversation piece. Great idea, not just for yourself, but for everybody. If you had to name a leadership superpower that you have, and this isn't a bragging time, it's just, you know, it's kind of what comes natural for you. But as a leader, what's a leadership superpower you could name? I've always been good at building teams. And I recognized that in high school when I was um, in the band. And so I was a trombone section leader in my marching band and just had the ability to create a good team. And every everything that I've been a part of, whatever I choose to do, I, I've there's some aspect of leadership that I've always gravitated to or, or tried to find that opportunity. And for me, it's all about teamwork and being able to create a, a, a great team. That's a, that's a great superpower to have. And I've seen, I've seen that lived out. Well, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your journey into Chick-fil-A. And, you know, I, I realize some listening might be coming from outside. They don't understand the culture of Chick-fil-A, but you've, you've actually kind of come up through the ranks you've come you know from the beginning or early on in Chick-fil-A so kind of give us that that kind of overview journey of start to now so I started in 2010 I was a senior in college at the University of Georgia and uh it was just gonna be a part-time job I was looking for just some spending money and um and uh, some fun money basically and I uh, had some extra time on my hands and um, I applied actually three separate times to uh, work at this particular Chick-fil-A that was closest to my house um, in Athens. Uh, Athens is a college town. There's at the time four Chick-fil-A's. I had lots of options, but um, it took me th- three applications to get a job there. And, and the first two times I applied, they just were, weren't in the hiring season. And so we, uh, I, I missed out on kind of their, their hiring wave, which kind of geared up for each semester. And so I, my roommate had worked there before me and, and knew someone who was a manager there and coached me a little bit and said, hey, 
come into to the business at this time on this day, wear a tie and give your application to this person. And I did exactly what he said. Uh, and th that week I got an interview and, and then was hired. So my, uh, my first opportunity was to work in the kitchen, uh, working nighttime. Uh, and uh, so my first day I walked in, learned how to bread nuggets and wash dishes and, and joined that, that night team. It was a great experience. All right, everybody, you heard it. You heard it from Tate. He was twice rejected by Chick-fil-A, and now here he is, Chick-fil-A operator. So if, if you've been rejected, that should be encouragement for you. So just, just remember that. Tate, twice rejected. That's awesome. <laughs> Great story. Yeah, go ahead. The, then, then after that. The hiring manager came, and, and we kind of built a, a training plan, and he kind of walked me through how to train um, this is a training process in general. And so me and a few other guys that stayed, we we trained this next team, probably 10 or 12 people. And a couple of months later, the culture shifted. The uh, We started to, to, to close better. Uh, we had sales increases. There, the business started to improve. And so for me, I got to see really my early fingerprints on this business. And I saw this a certain level of empowerment that was given to me and a certain level of ownership, really. And I was very much attracted to that. And so I, I started, I continued to work there and had opportunities to lead. But that's when I started to have conversations with other managers at the time who were casting vision for the operator role uh, for me. Love it. Love it. So that first taste of ownership, I mean, you were able to see pretty you know, within a few months, if you were really winning at your role. So good for them for casting that vision to you, letting in, in the way you just took it and ran forward. I I would imagine that uh, helps you have a vision of how to lead your people today. So then, um, so then kind of from there, what, what was that moment you decided, you know what, I, I think I'm going to go for that. I think I'm going to make this a career. How did that happen? Yeah. So we there's back in the day there was something called Fall Forum, uh, which was uh, basically a review of the next conference um, for leaders, and it was actually at the support center. And my operator invited me along, and we drove in his F one fifty down to the support center. And uh, first, my first time actually visiting the support center, I actually had to borrow a Chick fil A tie because those were required. Uh, at that point and had to walk into the support center and, and be a part of this fall forum. And at that point, it was very, my eyes were opened. Um, my perspective changed on what Chick-fil-A could be. And I remember driving back, just grinning ear to ear, excited to kind of rub shoulders with the the managers and directors in the business and, and, and the operator. And so that was probably my, the, my aha moment. Um, and just really trying to see, what opportunity was there for me? So that's that's in the in the beginning was was what really cast that vision for me. There were some moments there, though, and and we had talked about this earlier, where uh, you had some epiphany moments that said, "No, this is this is forever." And and so, of course, the support center and and I've heard others talk about how incredible it is to visit there and just the the overwhelming culture that you get to experience. Um, what were some of those other moments that said for you, yeah, I'm in this for the long haul? I think it's the opportunity to be an operator is it's a very unique opportunity. And that door is only open for, for certain people. And um, it's uh, the selection rate's hard. Uh, the opportunity is slim. And so 
you have to be really patient. And I think that's something that I really struggled with when I was leading in the, in the business. So I worked for um, the Barnett Shoals location in Athens for four and a half years as a manager. And people before me had had opportunities to launch into the LDP program after two years. And so, um, you know, Chick-fil-A was really just changing and shifting. And it wasn't really so much me, but it was, it was a lot of external things. And so throughout those four years, there were moments where I, I hit walls and I was frustrated and I felt like I should have received new responsibilities sooner. And honestly, I just didn't know how to communicate. And so um, in 2011, my, my mom passed away from cancer and it was uh, obviously a really uh, shattering moment for me and, and a moment that I had to really learn how to how to grieve, how to adapt and, and how to become a different person in that season. And so just very grateful for the team that was surrounded me at that point. And, uh, it took me time. And I think my operator was very aware of my struggles with it and, um, had many conversations with him, but he, at one point he shared a book with me and, um, it, the book was called, uh, Confessions of a Grieving Christian by Zig Ziglar. And we're having a conversation on grieving and, and loss. And, and he hands me this book and he said, you know, I, I haven't experienced what you've experienced, but this is the resource that's been given to me. And so I just wanted to pass it along. So I take the book home and I open up the book and there's a, um, a kind of a memo that's a, a Chick-fil-A Inc. memo. And it's a, a quick little blurb from Dan Cathy. And it said, you know, Basically, Dan had bought every operator this book on grieving and recommended it to anyone who had gone through that. And so obviously it was like a pretty cool moment for me to read this book. And and it really it shared some truths that I needed and it shared those nuggets that really helped me kind of piece my life back together. Honestly, um, I shared it with my dad. My dad has multiple copies of it and he shares it with people like it. It became it became something really powerful. So um, at one point, I just I don't know if I found something online where it was you know on Chick-fil-A's website. I can't remember. Or it was a Kathy family's website. It's hard for me to recall, but I basically sent a quick note um, on like a share your feedback. No, I can't remember. But it was basically thanking Dan. I said and and really sharing with Dan, like, Hey, your, your, your financial investment and intentional investment in this book to all operators, this book landed in my hands. And I just, I wanted to share and show that, that moment. And, um, a few weeks later, again, I'm in a pretty rough, rough point still, and really trying to decide if Chick-fil-A was, was next for me. And if I wanted to continue and I received a letter that had Chick-fil-A stamp on it. And I opened it up. Um, that letter was sent to my apartment in Athens and it was a it was a handwritten letter from Dan, and he basically said, "Thank you for taking the time to send me a note. Um, you know, God had you on His mind when when you know I sent those books to every operator, and just thankful that you're a part of Matt's business." And for me, that was that was a huge moment where I was trying to be patient on my opportunity. I was trying to look for the right doors and just there's sometimes where those doors just don't open. And, and this was just a moment of affirmation that I needed to continue down the path that I was on. What a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that. I tell you what, and uh, just the, I don't know, 
just that journey of, of going through such a terrible, you know, horrific time for yourself, but yet surrounded by these voices, these opportunities, these thoughts, and, and then the way, you know, just thinking about now you as a leader, kind of not maybe not in fully in that Dan position, but in a way you are in how he created such an experience wasn't even aware of what he was doing, you know, the full experience for you, but yet, uh, but it still created an experience for you. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. Another question, Tate, that uh love to, to hear from you, just kind of stretch our thinking here. So what is something that at the time seemed like a failure, but it ended up really propelling you forward? I think we failure is hard. Um, failures are always moments that you can learn things. And, and um, I think the one I'll share is not the one that I am particularly most proud of. Failures never really are. But um, we transitioned into a freestanding restaurant in 2018 and inherited um, a pretty large leadership team. But I believe there were 12 shift leaders and we retained all of them. Um, and Truly, there were some there were certain leaders that resonated with us. And then there were other leaders that did not. And, um, you know, we live life with everyone and we grew the restaurant in the first year. But after about 18 months, we hit a pretty big cultural moment where there were a few that didn't resonate with us. And um, they more or less created a mutiny. And um, I got a phone call on a Saturday morning at about 530. And the leader at the time was like, hey, the, the kitchen staff is. Uh, they don't, they won't work until that you talk to them. And obviously you can think of all the things that were going oh through my good mind. Um, and I lived, I lived about 20 minutes from the restaurant and got there in about 10 minutes. It felt like I was very upset. And, and that's not, that's not my normal demeanor. And I had a big decision to make in that moment. Um, it, at this point it was a very fireable offense and could have, um, could have fired all of them, but chose to go a different route um, at the time. And so decided to create a cultural agreement and essentially challenge uh, this, this kitchen team to commit to being a part of this business and really outline this is, this is what, this is the culture that we hope to build. Um, it was a culture that was a higher level of expectation than what we were seeing. And we, we wanted to see commitment there. And so um, instead of just wiping everybody out and going through a really difficult Saturday, we, we opened two hours earlier and then spent the next week, um, you know, one-on-one conversations with these team members, challenging them to a higher expectation. And then over time, two or three months, the the bad apples of the group, they, they exited. And we were able to retain those those team members that, that did resonate with us and did want to to create that future. And we were able to really overhaul the culture of our kitchen. And again, that, that moment was really challenging. Um, that was in 2019, I believe. Um, and then just recently, about a month ago, we had another like big cultural moment with our front of house, uh, night team. And we chose instead of going a more aggressive route, we chose to create a culture agreement and challenge this team to, um, to be committed to the business and the success of the team. And, and so I think what we're learning is that, you know, challenging expectations is, 
Um, for me, is that long-term approach is always more successful than the emotional short-term response. And it's so easy to make emotional responses that I think a lot of times you can regret them. Um, but I always want to try to make decisions that are, are create success long-term. And I think uh, challenging and challenging a team's expectation of reality, whether it's expectations of closing or expectations of, of operations or even expectations of culture, um, the, those are ways that I feel like we 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 help Im- people improve over time. We're showing care. We're showing we're showing um, and challenging um, them to be better and to grow. One question around that is: How do you measure? Um, success. What are some ways that you measure success for those three areas? We just pick one, and how do you measure that? Yeah, yeah, it is hard to measure. I think the um, if you if you're measuring sense of belonging, a sense of culture, and sense of family, there's more there's more feelers there than metrics. You, you feel more things, um, but you all can also see certain behaviors. And so, uh, one of the things that I I just so proud of is the the team the team's ability to encourage each other and so it's been really cool to see how this has kind of organically grown over time and so again the pandemic is was a challenging time but i always try to use challenges to produce still produce the result that we're hoping for and in in the pandemic we all rallied together and our our word of the year in 2020 was trust and how we built trust that year was that the leaders, the shift leaders and above, were encouraging each other. And so we have we use Slack in the business. And at the time in 2020, it was uh, we only had our leaders on it. And so the, the requirement was that shift leaders had to be encouraging each other and had to be encouraging other other team members of the business. And when they did that, they would post on Slack and say who they who they affirmed, who they encouraged. Um, and it was a really cool uh, little sense of belonging, really, in that in Slack. And then over time, um, you know, I would do, I'd ask little simple questions like, hey, who's who's grown the most this summer? Or uh, who have you seen, um, who's gone above and beyond to share, to, to serve a guest in a unique way? And it was really cool to see how people would just, would react to that. But then over time, in 2021, it, it's, you know, this, Thing that we created started to really seep into the rest of the organization. And so we had a team member, her name is Miss Maggie, and um, she wanted to put up a cork board in our break area and be a way that we write notes to each other and encourage each other. And the week that we rolled that out, um, the entire cork board was full. And then the entire wall that that cork board was on was, was full of notes from people. (laughs) And uh, it was really neat to see like, wow, the team, the team needs an outlet. And so we have um, close to a hundred employees on Slack. um, And they, most team members have like a general communication channel and then an encouragement channel. And they, uh, for a while, it was just leaders encouraging team members, but now we have team members encouraging team members, team members enc- encouraging leaders. And it's a, it's a really cool digital experience where they get to post an encouragement, um, tagging maybe a specific person, and then other team members can react with different emojis and different things. So it's been a really cool, cool way to measure, um, our sense of belonging and our sense of family. And so I think it's just that way of creating a, a deeper level of connection and then using it for affirmation 
is uh, is really, really powerful for our culture and our sense of belonging. Great story. Thanks, Tate. That that I loved how, okay, so there's measurable. That's one thing. But to have something that's measurable and visible, like very visible, just takes it to that next level. And really, I could see how that could help create community, give people a, an easy access, easy opportunity to receive encouragement, but also to give it. And just you pointing out that now it's cascaded all the way down to the front, you know, team members are doing this for each other shows how, how accessible it is and how, uh, how much it's created culture. So good for y'all. As you think about that leadership development and, you know, developing people, what are the marks of success? Is it, is it that there are people going out and, and taking that leadership some other place or what are some other markers that say, Hey, that that's worth it. It's successful. Yeah, I think again, there's there's certain leaders that we have that stay with us that um, that are able to continue growing in the business. And so, yeah, I referenced team members leaving, but then there's there's team members that stay. And I think that part of our leadership process is um, we have anytime someone's given a promotional opportunity, they have to fill out an evaluation. That's the final step. If there's a few prerequisites of maybe it's a, a one-page paper on why you want to be a leader. They read a, a book or go through Pathway, whatever the prerequisite is. It always ends with an evaluation, performance evaluation. And so what we try to do is give a self-evaluation first. And so the team member will, will rate themselves in the areas that we're hoping to score. And what this does is it, it creates a, uh, an environment where the team member is is expecting feedback and even giving feedback to themselves. And so they're a little more receptive to to hear someone else's opinion. And so um, the director or leader above them is the one that fills out this eval. And that's the eval that sticks um, and that matters if they receive a five or higher, I'm sorry, four or higher on a scale of five, they, um, they're, they're promoted. And so a lot of times these leaders, certain leaders don't don't have a passing eval. And so we give them 30 or 60 days to work on any particular area. And, um, and so I think delay gratification, I think is a, a one element of success. If a, if a team member can um, be patient and really truly see, how, see themselves and see their performance in the way that we see them um, really be humble and take feedback and take criticism. Um, I think that's a great marker of success. And as you go into the the, the quote unquote real world, once you graduate high school or you, you get your job for the first time, you know, life, life is very different. And I think we're giving them a taste of that. And we give them an opportunity to work on a few areas. And um, we've even had leaders that get told no twice and they, they're still at it and then they're, they're promoted the third time. And so um, that's been a really cool element of retention for us where we show care. We, we come alongside and say, hey, we, we care about you. I don't want to promote you yet because that would be detrimental to you and detrimental to the business. And so here are a few areas that we, we want to challenge you in and they feel cared for. They feel supported. Uh, they, they, they stay that we retain them, uh, and they continue growing. And so that's been a really fun piece of our development process. Uh, but delayed gratification and patience, I think is, 
um, there, there are two elements for, for young leaders that I feel like are, are great markers of success. That's good. Yeah. And that, and that's a controllable for you. I mean, not that you want to force delayed gratification for everybody, but to not move ahead too fast and to actually slow things down a little bit. So, cause I, you know, honestly, it seems like people, they don't, they don't exit the business because of their skills. They, you know, they, you typically, you have the skills to get to the new level. It's, they got promoted faster than their leadership ability or faster than their emotional intelligence. And so to really identify that, make sure we're on tracking there is, is a way to, to help them to be successful in their new role. So good for y'all to, to measure that along the way. Yeah, it's one other comment there. I think it's been interesting to see that in this season, obviously wages are very top of mind um, for for team members and Denver is no exception. We're in 2023, our um, our state minimum would be, I believe, 1350. And then uh, our our Denver minimum will be 1720. 20 something, um, a very high wage. And so I think people are always looking for, for more money, but that isn't always necessarily the right environment. And so we've had some team members this year who in the spring of, of this year, uh, chose to leave for, for more money. They're great team members, great trainers. Um, they felt like they could make more money elsewhere and, and they, they left this summer um, four of them have come back and, um, it was really fun. I, I went to the business last night and about eight 30 and, and I got to spend time with a few of them and, um, just their excitement to be back in, in our business and, um, in the community that we have. One of them specifically is, um, he's a chef in a French restaurant on the weekends. And he made the comment last night. He's like, I'm doing what I love in, in both, in both places. And, um, so he gets to use his, his hands in, in the kitchen environment in a French restaurant on the weekends and then serves in our, in our restaurant during the week. And um, just just like really proud of him. Honestly, I think it's really cool to see how um, yeah. people recognize the power of an environment. And um, we care about you. We, we care that um, that you're successful. We care that you're growing. We care that you're connected. We care that you're trying to create impact in in your, your fellow team members, but also in our guest experience. And, um, yeah, just proud of, proud of him. His name's Andre and just a really cool guy. Very cool. Well, I, I'm, I know you're just excited to see him come back and, uh, it'd be good to see how he can add to that culture that you're building. One of the things I find really unique about you and your leadership is what you call the Jade leadership strategy. And so kind of just share with us, like what, why Jade, what is that? What does that mean? How how did you come up with this strategy and what does it do for your team? Yeah, the strategy came out of the season of the pandemic where it was very turbulent, very challenging. And I think at the end of the day, after leading through 2020, I was really seeking long-term stability and long-term growth. Uh, those short-term wins and short-term achievements just weren't very fun in the middle of the pandemic. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think what I came out of that season with is if I, we have a good team, we have a good culture, that that will produce results over time. And so there's a, a, where Jade comes from is, is a, um, I was given a, a sprig of a Jade plant. It's a, specifically a temple Jade. 
And this plant, um, it barks up. So it's got a, a small little tree trunk and it has leaves um, on it. It's a succulent. Um, and so what's cool is you can, they're very easy to propagate um, and fairly easy to take care of. Um, and so I was given a small sprig of it from my grandmother's plant. So growing up, um, I, you know, I went to school in Athens, Georgia, I went to stay there four and a half more years working for Chick-fil-A. My grandparents had property there. So I was really close to my grandparents on my dad's side. And this, this jade plant was always in the sunroom for my grandmother. I always admired it. Um, and I knew it was something that was given to her from her grandmother. So it's been in my family for a hundred years. Um, and so when I moved out and my wife and I, Abby, moved out to Colorado after being selected as an operator, I had a small sprig of it in some dirt and it was between her and I on the U-Haul as we moved out here. And so since moving to Colorado, I've been taking care of this plant. And, um, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with jade plants, but they need good sunlight, consistent sunlight. Um, they need to be watered. They need nutrients, but then there's a cadence to that. There's a rhythm to that where there's certain seasons where you don't need to water it as much, or there's other seasons it's growing and you need to give it more water. And so um, it's been a really cool picture and something that I've, I have taken care of over time in my house. And so it went from a, a plant that was about six inches in height. And now it's kind of a big bush um, in that sits in my living room. That's probably three feet high and wow. two and a half feet wide. Um, and so it's a real, it's just a really cool picture for me. And so I, I see a lot of similarities in taking care of this plant and how I've taken care, taken care and stewarded the business. And so for me, it's, I really try to focus on the environment um, in the restaurant. And so the environment that's created produces the results over time. And so the, the strategy is, it's broken up um, in, in a, a uh, very specific way. And so we focus on team members' basic needs. Uh, we focus on the sense of belonging. Uh, and then we we focus on on growth. And so um, for us, we we try to we try to define what are those basic needs that people are looking for? Um, and and what is that sense of belonging? And so for us, that's the pot. That's the pot of the plant. And that's the environment that we can control. And so there are certain seasons where the business is growing. Well, we need we need to water it differently. We need to water it more. We need to give it more nutrients. We need to adjust it and turn it so that it's sitting in the sun. It's getting the right amount of sunlight. Um, and so for me, it's it's been a way for for me to communicate the vision of of, of long term success within Chick Fil A and within our business. And so this last year, I, we took that strategy and we we pieced it off. And, and gave ownership of that strategy to different leaders in the business. And so the, the director of training is responsible for the first 90 days of the team member's experience. And that's, that's focused on the team member's basic needs. We have leadership development that's focused on the sense of belonging. And then we have marketing and, and operations that's focused on growth. And so um, I'm, I'm someone that's going to be really patient because I see long-term growth. I'm going to make decisions that um, are going to support right. the long-term success of the business and not the short-term. And so for me, that has been a very healthy perspective and healthy strategy um, to produce success and produce results over time. And it's something I hope to, to continue, add on to, adjust, and, and, um, and morph over time and, and make, it, make it so that it is palatable and it, it makes sense as we, we lead into the future. Now, you've had some leaders that have been with you kind of from the beginning 
were were some of them there in that first situation and what did they learn that carried forward into this second situation tucker huber he was at the time a, a kitchen director um and just really wrestling with trying to create a better kitchen team and and that if our memory serves me i think the the dis the dispute was with tucker <laughs> i think he you know there was something there was misalignment misalignment or miscommunication and and uh and so was something that I had to help come in and resolve. And so obviously he was a part of that solution. And then now today the business has grown, our organization has grown. And, you know, this month it's October 1st, we took over a second existing restaurant. Um, and the, uh, the gardens on Havana location is um, experiencing impact from another neighboring store closed for their reinvestment project. And so, we're up uh, 50% in the month of October at Gardens on Havana, and, and it's been a crazy season. But Tucker Huber is now, um, we're, we're calling his role an integrator, which comes from tra uh, the book called Traction. But essentially, it's a, it's a version of a, a general manager role, and he's leading that entire organization and, and learning so much. And so he, he used that that really difficult situation in 2019 as an example and applied the same method and, and has found a lot of success through, through those methods. So it's, it's really cool to see like, uh, you know, in this current situation, I, I, I had that emotional response. I'm like, okay, let's, let's create that short-term, let's make that short-term decision. But he said, well, remember we did this back then. I think this is a better way to go. And, uh, just really, obviously really proud of him. And, and, uh, and, and made a very wise decision. This has been amazing. I pr appreciate all the the helpful, you know, just the idea about the, the Jade strategy that you have and how you've mapped that. You've, you've really very clearly mapped that to your leadership team and so that they have, they know what they're targeting, but it still all fits into the same, you know, uh, same priorities, same culture that you're trying to build. So thanks for kind of unpacking that for us and telling us about your journey. Um, I'm going to invite you back for another episode. I want, I want to hear a little bit more about this whole second location journey. I know that's taken a, a lot of um, specific effort on your part. So if it's okay, I'll, I'll invite you back. We'll, we'll look into that a little bit deeper. How about that? Yeah, happy to. That sounds great. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com for our free culture brand assessment. See you next time. We would like to note that Leaders Q serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.